Hello, FIU and FAU fans. Welcome to another Shula Bowl podcast. Obviously, plenty to talk about today. Um, thank you, Jake and Eric, for handling kind of the uh, Lane Kiffin fallout uh, from him obviously leaving Saturday night, you know, kind of just going over what it meant for FAU and the candidates. Uh, I, I wasn't able to hop on there as uh, David saw me earlier at the game and <laughs> it would have been a rough podcast for me. <laughs> um, I was having fun and, you know, talking about, uh, I know the whole thing with Kiffin leaving was tough this week, but uh, didn't get really a chance to mention uh, FAU, a second conference USA championship in three years, uh, which is amazing. I, I think, you know, the, the thing that was most impressive on Saturday was as just how FAU completely dominated. I think, you know, a lot of us, um, including uh, my betting account predicted this would happen. Um, it paid off nicely, but, um, you know, God, that was one of the first times and then FAU has been dominant. I, I tweeted out a Saturday morning when kind of the Lane Kiffin news is breaking. And I, I finally did it, uh, and this was before the game. FAU has, over the three years Lane was here, has beaten Conference USA opponents uh, by an average of twenty. I mean, by an average of seventeen points a game, uh, which is insane. Um, and that that's wins and losses. I mean, to go three years and beat teams by two touchdowns and a field goal is pure domination. And I mean, Saturday was just a culmination of that. I mean, not only was there's times where we felt like FU was the better team, but man, that felt like P five versus G five. I mean, FAU was just a thousand times more athletic and bigger and stronger than they were. I mean, Eric, do you agree with that? Kind of in that? No. Yeah, no, most definitely. I, you kind of hit the nail on the head. You start to talk about it and, the biggest observation for me in the Lane Kiffin era at Florida Atlantic is that when Florida Atlantic has been good, they've been far and away the best team in Conference USA. It hasn't been a deal where it's been, you know, all right, like, for example, we saw Conference USA West this year where it seemed like there wasn't really a team that was going to jump out and take it. Yes, Louisiana Tech had the suspensions, but still it was kind of a dogfight all the way through. If you look at the East, more or less this was FAU's Division, You know, the, there was a slip up uh, against Marshall. And we understand that. But it's been that way throughout his entire tenure. And I think you made a great point in talking about the uh, margin of victory. Uh, 17 points with 17 and a half points. It's just, it just goes to show that I, I've always said that Lane Kiffin is a very underrated X's and O's game day coach. I think he gets a lot of credit for his ability as a recruiter. I think the last name Kiffin and we all know, you know, maybe uh, what role that's played in him getting jobs early. We talk about the Oakland Raiders job, USC, et cetera, et cetera. But when it comes down to just flat out being a good football coach, and it's the reason why this guy keeps getting jobs far and away, FAU couldn't have been in a better position over the past three years with Lane Kiffin. And you talk about Saturday's game. Yes. Um, UAB did qualify for the, the conference title game and give credit to Bill Clark. I know Shane and I can have a running joke about, you know, UAB's success and the reasoning for that. But the outcome on Saturday definitely showed that I don't want to sit here and have revisionist history and say that Louisiana Tech would have been a better match or maybe it would have been a closer game. I can tell you this much. I don't believe that the final score is 49 to six or whatever it ended up being. It might have been 42, um, 13. Uh, well, you know what? Hey, and, and, and I don't know if Shane's saying, I don't know if you're saying that in jest or being serious. I think Amik Robertson and, uh, and those guys pose uh, a, a better 
threat on defense as opposed to what UAB was dealing with. I mean, you're talking about a UAB team that graduated 40 guys last year. So um, I, I still think FAU wins. This isn't going to be me, you know, crapping on, on FAU's parade. I've said it from week six, seven, that I think FAU is the best team in conference. I still think they win, but maybe you have a better matchup if it's a lot of tech. But that aside, uh, just great job by FAU. I think there's, the program's in great shape. And uh, Shane, you made a great point about just how much better they've been in the field. I just think of like a thing. I mean, Malcolm Davidson ran for 128 yards, 11 carries, and they finally got BJ Emmons back. Larry McCammon had one run in the game. I mean, I, I got a chance to go down on the field after the game and was just kind of saying what's up to a lot of the assistant coaches. And it was fun. It was down there with all the fans. And I remember, you know, just, just speaking off the record to one coach, uh, I looked at him, I said, can you tell me what would have happened if we had all three backs healthy all year? And he looks at me like, Oh my God. I mean, just FAU is so talented in so many positions. And I mean, it's and, and just the speed alone on defense. I mean, FIU does this a bit too. We saw all this kind of play out in your guys' UM game. You keep stacking good three-star uh, South Florida DBs. I mean, eventually that just shows up. I mean, uh, UAB had eight completions the whole game. And I think there was a stat that like four of them were at or behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, that is, that's unheard of in college football today with how hard it is to cover. Miko Dotson got his 10th interception. Uh, and I can make the argument. He's not even the best corner on the team. <laughs> you know, James Pierre doesn't collect the interceptions because nobody throws at him. So it's, um, it's and they all come back next year. So, I mean, there's a lot, there's more positive going forward for FAU right now than kind of with the negative. I mean, I, I did my other kind of specific podcast yesterday and you would have thought it was funeral end of the season, the way we were talking. Sure. So, Once again, Shane, really quick. Oh, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. Were you finished? I, I don't want to cut you off. Yeah, no, yes, absolutely. I Cut me off. You know, I would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just want to make this, this point real quick. And like I said, I am not going to crap on FAU's conference title. It is is definitely not going to be my my intention today. However, you talk about some of the defensive stats, and you can't say that without it, you know acknowledging the fact that once again, let's just call a spade a spade. Trying to compare Tyler Johnson the third and Dylan Hopkins to a Jamar Smith, Adrian Hardy, Justin Henderson offense. Those are you know apples and oranges. I mean, we've known that UAB's uh, struggled. I think I even said it heading into last week's Shula Bowl pod that we did that I didn't see any way that UAB offensively could compete. Uh, especially no, without I, a healthy Spencer Brown. So I just think that it does go with, with saying that's not to take anything away from the guys who, dude, I mean, you talk about the studs on defense. Those guys are studs. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from them. No, no, absolutely. I just think in, in 2019, I mean, I was just thinking, I remember I mentioned to someone, and this is a lot to do with the rugby style hunting. I remember the days when I, when I was a little kid, I used to root for Florida State, you know, and that changed obviously I went to go to school. And I just remember the days you'd see those dominating teams and for teams when you knew when someone was dominating, when they were out there blocking punts, right? Like to me, that was like sure, the ultimate of side of, and you never see block punts in college football now because of the rugby style. It's kind of cut them out. And like right for you to block a punt and return it in 2019, is just a, <laughs> it is it, it, to me, it was just kind of like this signifying like, man, it's amazing how much better they are. And even though, yes, law tech obviously would have proposed, I think a more, competition but it's just how much better they were even if uab was the number two team i mean just a week before they beat southern miss by 17 points and probably and didn't play and lane was angry how they played offensively i mean that's just 
how talented the roster is right now. Um, you know, so it's, there's a lot positive going forward. Um, you know, kind of the other thing we'll transition. And I said, you know, on the other podcast, the one trip for you was a little bit more negative is initially, um, I guess we'll start with that for you first. There's a lot of FAU fans were initially upset with the bull bit. And I will be the first to admit, I kind of was too. Um, I even know some players were kind of retweeting uh, with the Boca Bowl. Uh, I get there's a chance to travel and people – I don't think there's any clear distinction on how bowls are selected in conference USA. Eric, can you clear that up? I mean, you, you probably more, you definitely know more than I do on this. I'm laughing. I'm laughing Shane because there is no real clear distinction yes. as to how these bowls are selected. The just, I mean, essentially it's this when in the ideal circumstance, when you have the P fives that fill out their spots, and everything goes according to plan, and you don't have, for example, FIU going to the. Uh, I really hope I'm saying this this name right, Camellia. I should probably learn this before the 21st. Uh, you don't have FIU going to the Camellia Bowl, a game that has no, you know, Conference USA affiliation, unless you have the scenario which you have, which is just, you know, P5s crap the bed, so G5s have to fill it. But when you have the ideal scenario, there's a little more structure to it, but. Um, that obviously wasn't the case this year. So yeah, it really is just a matter of at, at this point with a year like this, Hey, um, who can you contact first and what side deal can you make? You know, and, yeah, I, don't, it, I, do, and I don't mean that in a scrupulous way, but what side deal can you cut before, you know, the selection show essentially. It's a lot of, I want wink, wink what's right. best. And it's, and there's a lot of way pick your poison. I think there was an element of, you know, and it took me a step back. I mean, FAU is this game in a vacuum is great. I mean, I, I think the unfortunate part for FAU and Conference USA has sent its champion to the Boca Bowl. Now six of the last seven years, if you included this game, it's a good bowl game. Obviously it's in a good location. It's a good stadium. I've gone to almost all of them, even when they didn't include FAU. And, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, it was like Temple versus Ohio or somebody from the Mac. And like every fan there raves about it. they you know, I'm. You imagine in late December coming down from Ohio or Philadelphia with it's it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. This bowl, you know, for them. Uh, but in a vacuum, I mean, this game is really good. We're talking about a team that's just outside the twenty top twenty five in SMU, uh, highly touted quarterback. I mean, they're a ten and two football team. This is one of six bowl games that include two ten win teams. Uh, you know, high scoring SMU is obviously a storied program. Uh, and the game is at three 30 on a Saturday on ABC, you know, FAU could have chose to travel to the Gasparilla bowl. Maybe we don't know play UCF again, whether you want another shot at them or not, we can have that debate, but rematches are never as sexy in bowl games. Do you agree with that, Eric? Um, okay. You know what? Uh, uh, on the surface, yes. However, I think this is a, a much this is a lot easier to sell this rematch when you're talking about FAU at full strength. You know, the the team has FAU like, definitely a better. You agree, FAU is definitely a better team than they were when they faced. Hell, hell yeah, you, hell, yeah, hell yeah. Okay. You, you don't even have to finish that. Hell yeah. Okay. So I so that's why I think I think that would be an easier rematch. So this is definitely the outlier in that regard. And I don't know about you know you Shane or, or David, but like. I would have wanted to see 
a UCF team that has had to, you know, go through some struggles and a quote unquote struggles. I don't want to sound like that person, quote unquote struggles and an FAU team that appears to be firing on full cylinders. And, you know, is going to be motivated to go out there and show that they weren't just a product of Lane Kiffin, um, especially in a, a local matchup. Uh, I would have liked to have seen that again. Yeah. I, and I also just think there's an element of, you know, you wean, wean everything, you know, uh, you're damned if you do, if you're damned, if you don't. The, the Gasparilla Bowl was at 2.30 on Monday as opposed to 3.30 on Saturday. Okay, ABC. You know, one's, one's on a primetime network and one's on ESPN2 or ESPN, right? So you, you're weighing that. I know it's the holidays and stuff. Um, one probably would have featured, you know, FEU will probably still get its regular ten to 15,000 to the Boca Bowl, whatever. And SMU will travel nice. I'm sure it'll be a decent crowd, um, even though the championship game is pretty disappointing. But you know, the other one probably would have featured 30,000 UCF fans and 5,000, you know, do you, do, do you really think that, do you really think that Shane, I, I, sorry, I, I got to ask you that. Do you really think that? Cause that, that wouldn't have been my expectation. What for? It would have been mine. Gasparilla? That, yeah. That, that I they would have been outnumbered be, that heavily. 30,000 UCF fans there. I mean, it's holiday. It's right around the corner. I mean, probably uh, UCF's alumni base in Tampa is probably ginormous, right? I mean, it's, um, there's a there's a fair amount of alumni, sure. I, I guess so I just would have assumed that it, it, it probably would have been like four four or five to one, regardless of what the okay. number is. Okay, okay. So so there's just I, I'm just trying to play out what Brian Wright or sure sure got. of course. And I just think they look at this game and you get a chance to play a team from Texas that's ten and two you've never played before. I mean, two high scoring offenses. I mean, this is a great game to sell. You know, this is. It just stinks that, you know, the location is that the kids want to travel, but, you know, you know, you know, someone, I made a point the other day and I know I'm not allowed to talk to you on this podcast, but man, if I, there were some people who wanted to play Miami in the Independence Bowl, I mean, all the FU fans that are making the excuses that are like, whoa, it's home again. This is disappointing. If you think it's disappointing and you're not going to go because it's at home and it's not feeling you promise you, you would not have traveled to Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay. If I go, my, you know, we're, they're like, well, we get to experience a game on the road traveling. I mean, if I, you know, lay on my deathbed and someone says to me, I never got to experience sports, Louisiana, don't worry, I will still pass fine. <laughs> like, right. The, the funny thing about it is David, I know, I know, David, I know you know this too, right? We've done this podcast long enough with Shane to where I knew a Shreveport, Louisiana joke was going to pipe. Yeah, like I looked at flights and it was, it ended, every flight ended with me on like a tractor. You know, I mean, the closest air, they're like $800. I'm like, well, what if I flew into Houston? Okay, nine hour drive. What if I flew into New Orleans? Okay, six hour drive. I'm like, what? what, How do people leave this place? Yeah, well, it's it's almost the same thing with with Montgomery, whereas FIU. FIU's going. No, not even close to Montgomery. Montgomery. You should see the flight prices for this place. Like, (laughs) It, it, you'd almost think like you're flying into New York City. Like it's ridiculous. But I do have a couple to throw my two cents on a few things that you guys have touched upon. Uh, one, Eric, I, I'm with you. I still don't know how to pronounce the bowl name. I think you nailed it. But I, we both can. It, it, it's it's Camellia. Camellia, yeah. Camellia, well, right. As they said on the, on the local, Channing, uh, Channing Crowder today said he 
he's dated a few camellias in his life before he said <laughs> it on the radio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and then two, on the FAU bowl thing, I, I'm actually totally with you, Shane. The, the game itself, this is probably the best case scenario for FAU to play a very good SMU team, a t- another 10-win team. I think it does well for the program itself. But the only people I do feel for kind of are the players just because I get they want to travel. And the thing about bowl games is that when you go somewhere else, I mean, I'm sure they do it in Boca also, but the festivities that surround the game itself, um, I mean, they'll probably experience it somewhat, but it's almost like... Well, it was reported that FU is going to go stay at a... Kind of funny, FU normally for its home game stays at the Boca Resort, which is probably one of the nicest... Um, hotels that any team stays in the country. But I guess be part of this bowl game, if you can go stay at a hotel in Jupiter, which, you know, you guys, everyone from South Florida, you know, that's about like, you know, 45 minutes, an hour north. So kind of a lot of festivities are going to be up there. So they'll get a little yeah, different that's, experience. Yeah, that's cool. That, that's out of it. Better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in the end, they'll get their gift pack and stuff like that. And, and I get it for the fans. It's cool to go on the road. And there's a few fans that want to go to the New Orleans Bowl, but like, the New Orleans Bowl hasn't featured. It's always the CUSA championship champion and another regional team. It's been that way for probably a decade now, right? Like, no, FAU or FIU is probably never going to that bowl game unless it, a really weird scenario where they're just desperate for teams. I mean, right, Eric? I mean, that bowl game just seems to be locked in. They love their UABs, their Southern Miss, their ULLs, their Law Techs. Kind of yeah. Yeah, it just it just makes sense from a geographical standpoint and from a fan base standpoint that anytime you can get those Louisiana schools there, you know, or those kind of um, the Arkansas or the you know Louisianas and stuff like that, they're going to go. Yeah, they'll never consider it. So it's kind of tough, you know. But yeah, I mean, I, I get I get that element. Um, but again, you have a great opportunity to go out and play, and I, and I think for FIU, I, I think Arkansas State's a nice matchup. Uh, Arkansas State, you know, for I think some fans that don't know, has been, I mean, FIU, you know, I mean, they've been a really strong program in G5 for a while. This just isn't a team that just kind of came out of nowhere and scratched and clawed their way to um, six wins. You know, Arkansas State's been a well-known Sunbelt team, well-coached, good, nice G5 program for a while. So I think they're always a good measuring stick. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited for this game. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, obviously I know about Arkansas State. I don't know much about them this year except from Eric's article, which, by the way, if you haven't read yet, great preview for the game. Uh, there's your free press, Eric. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's a good matchup for us because, I mean, I saw – I mean, I read, I guess, that obviously they run the R, a lot of the RPO, but it seems like their biggest strengths – is there this like stud wide receiver and they seem to be a passing team, which kind of buys into our strengths. It's at least they're not a run heavy team, which is one team that would have scared me, but um, I'm, I'm excited for, it. I think you listen, it's three straight bowl games. Uh, I know we've mentioned it a bunch on this pod, but you know, I'm just happy to be at another bowl game, a bowl's a bowl and, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun game. Yeah, you know, David. First off, thanks for the uh, the plug on the on the article. I appreciate it. But um, no, I mean, I, I don't want to go too heavy into like a bowl preview. Uh, Jake and I actually, and we'll talk about this later. Jake and I are going to do a deep dive, just one on one, as far as uh, previewing SMU and Arkansas State for this audience. But uh, David, yes, what they are is a team that they 
primarily uses RPO. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, Arkansas State is coached by Blake Anderson. You may be familiar with his story of his wife, Wendy, who passed away of cancer uh, before the season. So there was a lot of press about Blake Anderson and Arkansas State because of that. But also an FIU link here is uh, Blake Anderson was the offensive coordinator in North Carolina. Current uh, Panthers cornerback coach Bryn Renner was actually his quarterback in North Carolina. So the Panthers kind of have an end there as far as knowing that system. No one's run it better than Bryn Renner. Um, it, it's one that it prioritizes the pass specifically this year, uh, especially specifically on the outside about 75, 80% of their production comes from passing to the receivers. Now where that, that plays into FIU strengths, of course, is the secondary um, FIU secondary is also really good. Um, but a, a thing that you really want to look for for your FIU is the fact that Arkansas state's defense has not been good at all. And really what FIU needs more than anything else is a chance to rebound offensively against a defense. That's not very good. So we'll just leave as far as the nuances of Arkansas state. I'll leave it at that. You know, Jake and I will get into a deep dive later on, but here's my question for you, David. You mentioned uh, the bowl game. One question. First question. Are you traveling to it? I'm trying to, um, I, <laughs> there might be a, a handle, um, Oh boy. Another wedding. No, not a wedding. It's uh, it's actually not. It's on my. It's from my mom. My mom does oh, this okay. annual. My, my mom does this annual Christmas party, and so me and my dad are currently trying to push it. Um, but anyway, I've been looking into flights, and once again, very expensive to get to Montgomery, <laughs> Alabama. Uh, you you wouldn't think so, but yeah, I'm. It's 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 in the air, but it's leaning one way. Hopefully, I can make it out there. So, you know what, it's actually, it's funny you say that, David, because the powers that be that are sending me to the game, you know, my uh, employer, they're, uh, they're not even flying me because they looked at flights and like, yeah, we're not paying for a flight to Montgomery, Alabama. So I will be renting a car and making the six and a half hour drive from Tampa to Montgomery, Alabama, which actually isn't that bad because it's only a four and a half hour drive to, to Miami. So Eric, can not- you bring me back some 40s before you get across the the. the- we, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, Shane. You know, typically when I try to do something that's uh, illegal, I try to, to talk about it on a public forum. But, you know, hey, uh, I know Shane Marinelli rolls in a way that I don't in some regards. So, uh, yeah, man, we'll, we'll talk about that. I am um, of age. And <laughs> what, the, 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 it took me like an hour to get to FAU this weekend. And it was all worth it to see Shane and his element at an FAU game. <laughs> all worth it. <laughs> but. But yeah, Eric, um, I'm 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 wondering what the crowd is going to be like from the exactly. I just uh, I know I know the alumni association is going to have a tailgate there, um, trying to bring alumni, and I've heard that they're going to try to bring students to the game as well. Um, I don't have full details on it because it's not on on, on the same tractor that Shane was talking about. How the hell are they going to get from Miami to Montgomery? That's that's what I, well, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. A lot of what I've heard, some people are flying into Atlanta and making that two hour drive, right? Right. Um, so maybe some do that, but it's, it's, it's tough. It's, uh, I, I even know just from Chucky, I've been going to a couple, uh, football games in the state of Alabama. And I don't know if it goes directly to Montgomery, just maybe FIU fans that listening, something to look into travel wise is a lot of times in the Atlanta airport, there is actually pretty good shuttles or bus systems that go. And I'm not just talking Greyhound, um, like that go consistently make trips from places like Tuscaloosa, Auburn, um, Birmingham and Montgomery. So I, maybe that's something to look into because uh, I, I think a lot of those cities are well aware that, you know, they're limited airports. A lot of people fly into Atlanta. 
David, I, I got to ask you this. I got to ask you this. You yeah. are a resident FIU guy. You know, I, I cover the team, but you are, are part of the community. How many FIU students <laughs> are going to be in Tuscaloosa, Alabama? <laughs> the thing is, so what they did last year for the bowl game, um, they flew uh, the student. I, I know it's the people, whoever was involved with, it was like SGA, um, whatever groups on ca- that are involved on campus. I'm pretty sure the student government paid for it, uh, paid for the flights to go. So if they were to do something, they would have to pretty much like pay for every, everyone's flight. No, 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 David. You, you know sold the joke here, and you know exactly where I'm going with this. Getting an FIU student to go to the Bahamas is one thing. Getting a bunch of kids from Dade County to go to Tuscaloosa. To get to, 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 to get to, no, well, well, okay, to get to go to take a shuttle from, from Atlanta to get to Montgomery. I, I just no, no, help. I definitely get. I definitely get what you're saying. <laughs> uh, no, what I'm basically the, what I'm the, the first time the first time they see a Waffle House and a freaking Bob Evans, they're gonna be wondering yeah, what the I mean, hell are they? Uh, hey, that they're gonna go to that Waffle House and they're gonna ask me like, uh, where's the cafecito? And a really old lady's gonna look at them and pour black a big cup of black coffee. <laughs> this, is, this is the way they're gonna have to do it. They're gonna have to tell them that their finals are canceled if they go on this trip. And so that might be a way to get them there. But yeah, I'll tell you what, there's, I, I would be shocked if there's a single student who flies on his own bill to Montgomery, Alabama. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's a rough one. So it's a bit I, nice historical city. I mean, it, it, game, I'll, I'll, I'll joke. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Shane. Go ahead, Shane. Is the game played at Alabama state university? Is that what stadium it's played at? No, no, no. It's actually. No. Go ahead, go ahead, David. Oh, no, yeah, no. It's it's played. At, it's this historic stadium called the the. I think it's like Compton, not Compton. Uh, uh, <laughs> Campton, Campton, Campton Bowl, which is like was built in the 1920s. So the stadium stadium's pretty old. So it's yeah, it's wow. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> David, uh, not David. Shane, to answer your question, it's not it's not on the campus of Alabama State. Okay. Um, it's at it's at the Crampton Bowl, or yeah, Crampton Bowl, yeah, which is a it's a it's a historical um, uh, old baseball stadium. But you did mention, as far as like actual sightseeing, what's on my agenda is to visit some of the civil rights uh, art, uh, museums and stuff like that. So there are actually things in Montgomery. Let, let's not you know just totally crap on that. But um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, it, the first time an FIU student, you know, goes there and and uh, and she has a meal at the Bob Evans, and uh, she can't I, find. You know. I, I will. I will say this: someone who's traveled to, and I know some of the Panther fans listening that have traveled to away games before. Anytime you get a chance to go watch a college football game in the Deep South, I know we make fun of a lot of these cities. It is a different experience. It's really cool. You know, kind of. There's something. And I'm like an SCC junkie and grew up with that. It's there is something kind of special seeing what knowing you're going to go watch college football in the deep South. It's there's cool for that. And anyone that can get a chance to experience that experience that definitely agree. Definitely yeah. will co-sign that. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm hoping I can make it up there. Um, this, if I, if I don't make it, this would actually be the first bowl game in program history. I don't attend. So I'm trying to keep that streak alive, but yeah, it, uh, it should be fun, man, and hopefully, you know, I know the, a lot of the alumni are trying to go. So let's 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 hope this is a big crowd, as big as it can get. 
Yeah, uh, I, David, David I, I just want to ask this one quick question before we uh, transition, close this one up. David, um, what was just the feeling for you from FIE fans? You know, I, I didn't really get a chance to focus too much as far as fans' reaction to the bowl game because the report of Butch Davis being in the mix came out the night prior, and that kept me up till about 4 a.m. trying to uh, talk to people and whatnot about that. Obviously, that is no longer a um, situation as Arkansas's hired a head coach. But just what was the kind of the, the feeling from FIU faithful as far as the selection of the game? Um, so actually, just before that, to touch on the the reaction to the news that, you know, Arkansas was supposedly interested in Butch, I don't think anyone actually bought that, at least from the fans that, that I'm in contact with. Um, so they, that wasn't really a worry, but for the game itself, honestly, they, I think they were just happy that we made it to a bowl game, especially cause we, you know, we were on like one of the cusp teams. So it was more like a worry, like, okay, are we actually going to get one? Um, they haven't, they haven't announced this yet. Are we getting one? Are we getting one? And then when we finally got one, it was more like, you know what? A bowl's a bowl. Um, we're going to make the best out of this and, and let's just go. So I, I, a lot of the fans, you know, they're just happy to be there. So that's, that's a good sign. And, and David, really quick, just, you know, touch on what you said. It was not necessarily that you don't have to buy whether Arkansas was interested in Butch. It's whether Butch would be interested in Arkansas. That's that's the thing that which is why I had worded the tweet the way I did as far as mutual interest. I mean, of course, if you just look at, I, you know, Butch Davis would be a natural candidate for Arkansas in the same way. I would be a candidate to be a UCF beat writer if the Orlando Sentinels hiring, you know, like they're obvious tea leaves, but it doesn't mean that's going to happen tomorrow. So that, that's just something on that. Yeah, no, no, that's true. I'm just saying as like from the fan perspective, I don't think anyone was worried uh, per se, but um, they, if, for the bowl game itself, people were just excited. We got in one, you know, cause sure. there was one team that had to be left off and they're just happy. It wasn't us. Sure. Toledo is the one team left off. R- if anyone was R- wondering. Yeah, it is Toledo. Okay. Yeah, the team we beat in the bowl game last year. We're just kind of beating him twice now. Well, uh, you know, thank you, fans, for listening. It's been a great season. You know, I, I know there was kind of some up and downs, and this is obviously is our last episode. We'll have a, you know, obviously an episode if FU hires a coach this week. I think uh, as we get closer to the bowl games itself, we can maybe do some sort of fun bowl episode preview in the game, um, and that we'll definitely do some stuff. Uh, with recruiting, maybe kind of a round table, break down the classes a little bit early signing day and then February. Uh, and just to kind of go to the preview, I know uh, attendance isn't a subject we like to talk about a lot just because we want to keep it positive. We know that's always just kind of a negative subject with G5 schools. But I, I think maybe like a fun kind of round table in a different way, of maybe just a special episode of uh, – you know, let us know what you guys kind of think about this thought. Fans, uh, you know, just kind of discussing G5 attendance, college football, what can be done. Just schools are so similar because, you know, we know that topic can take 45 minutes, is, which is why we avoid it uh, within the podcast. So, you know, we'll definitely have that stuff coming up. But, you know, uh, in the end, it was a success- successful season for both teams, both two teams in a bowl game. Um, news everywhere. Couldn't have gone any better. Well, I can think of a couple ways it went better. But, yeah, I'm with you. Great season. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. And uh, uh, we'll have an episode out soon.